Hey, welcome back to the Infus Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And Daryl, this is the time where I can say welcome back, and it makes sense. Because if anybody watched my YouTube video, um, I said welcome back, and I was like, that doesn't really make any sense, because this is me doing a YouTube video for the first time ever by myself. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, I did my first ever. I, so I, I took Daryl's lead after months <laughs> and did a did a solo YouTube video uh, reviewing South of Heaven. I, I, I recommend you check it out. And uh, next Thursday, I'm going to be doing an interview with uh, Aaron, the director of South of Heaven, and that will be going up on everything. Um, so be looking for that next Thursday. I'm actually going to record it, edit it, and put it up as quick as I can. So, um, Daryl, how you doing? Doing? I'm doing well. Do you... Got, uh, got out today, uh, in the, well, I would say craziness, but it really wasn't crazy. When you have, yeah. you know, you have an SU, a four-wheel drive, or like I believe yours is all-wheel drive, Mine right? is symmetrical all-wheel drive, but I have the X mode for deep <laughs> snow or regular snow. Yeah, so got outside today a little bit. Got to Whole Foods, picked up a pizza uh, a little bit after work. So, Dude, Whole Foods yeah, pizza it's... is legit. And I know I oh, work no. I, I know I work at a different for a different like grocer retailer, but uh, I, I I only shop at Whole Foods. Uh, we got we actually got a uh, La Rosa's pizza, oh, just a kind no. of pepperoni. Oh, it's really I mean good. La Rosa's really pizza good. is really good too. If you ever come to Cincinnati, yeah. Um, other than Skyline and Montgomery, and it's our our best food export. Um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> so yeah, this week we've got a bunch of CW pilot news came out. Uh, which is weird, and we're going to dig into that. Uh, Daryl's going to lead us in the Gran Turismo 7 State of Play, which is going to be fun to talk about. I love driving games. Um, we got Soups and Lolo, Episode 4. Um, the Inverse the Method, inverse myth, which method. is a great name. Um, and then we have Mandalorian <laughs> Season 3, Episode 2, uh, From the Desert Comes a Stranger, and uh, which is the penultimate episode of the book of mandalorian season one <laughs> so there is that uh so do you have your blue hot hot dog fingers ready to go <laughs> so i will say yes uh but they were blue earlier when i was cleaning off my car <laughs> but not anymore okay but i will say watching a couple clips of him from the clone wars it's pretty accurate. Oh yeah, uh, no, no, no. Like, it's, we'll get we'll get to that. It's Let's, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll save that. It's funny though. It's very funny. All right. Um. So cool. CW pilot season is upon us. They uh. So this came from the Hollywood Reporter on the third. So yesterday, as of recording, Supernatural, Walker prequels, Gotham Knights, and CW pilot pickups. The network also asked for six more scripts of the Zorro project from Bartholomew Rodriguez, um, better known as Robert Rodriguez, but he sucks. <laughs> so it says here the CW is taking another swing at a supernatural spinoff. The network's first pilot orders of the 2022 cycle include the Winchesters, a supernatural prequel following the parents of Dean and Jensen Ackle, uh, Dean and Sam, uh, in the long-running series that concluded in 
it says it concluded in 2020, but I seem to remember they did a, a 10 year retrospective in 2020. Yeah. There's um, this like weird phrase that I, I, I hear all the time is like beating a dead horse. Anyway, uh, uh, the what network, happens when you beat it to the <laughs> The network also ordered a pilot for Walker Independence, a prequel to Padalecki's current series, and Gotham Knights, a DC Comics show from the Batwoman writers uh, that has nothing to do with the upcoming Gotham Knights video game. Uh, anyway, anyway, why are they doing a Walker <laughs> prequel series so soon? why are they doing but bottom line is all of these i the question i have is why uh you know huge fan of supernatural huge fan of jensen ackles and i am looking forward to him in season three of the boys as soldier boy soldier boy but we don't need supernatural already told mary and john's story in several flashback episodes or time travel episodes well enough that we don't need a sequel, even though I do like the supernatural world. Well, they're going to break all of that by making Mary something other than what she was in the, the supernatural seasons where she may or may not have appeared that may or may not have aired. Well, the, the funny thing about Mary is she was the one in the family of hunters right. from the start, not John, no. which I, I actually like that, which is change. Cool. Of, but from what yeah. I understand, like the, the part of the thing about the, the Winchesters picking up was it, it's going to be, they're, they're going to break some things from the canon. So, which I, you know, to me doesn't necessarily matter as not being like the biggest fan of the show. Um, but who are they going to get to play like a young Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Yeah, it, again, I, I don't remember who the actor was that played him in the series, yeah. the, the few episodes that he was in. He, he did a really good job. Yeah, but that again, was also like 10 years ago that he played I was going to say, yeah, that so. was a while ago. Um, so yeah. now going with Walker, yeah, why? I mean, what, Walker's in its second season right now. Yeah. And it's not like this is a prequel that takes place 20 years before the fact. This is a prequel that takes place in the 19th century yeah in the, what is it, 1883 they're going after that yellowstone yeah. money so yeah and and that's what i was thinking like they're trying to do the you know that western type deal for the cw and again it you know they're doing zorro which takes place in the 1800s with uh, again i couldn't care any less for a show than i do the zorro probably well, we'll, we'll get probably. to Gore. well hold on let's just stick yeah. with uh with walker for a second walker and... we'll get to zorro because there's some other things to bring up that when it comes to um uh, public domain heroes at the moment so yeah it, and so walker showrunner anna frick is both the executive producer with padalecki dan lynn and Lindsay libertor of uh rideback and laura terry of fricky's pursued by a bear shingle uh i don't know what that is but i i don't i don't get it there it's like to settle in independence te independent texas uh and it centers on Abby Walker, a wealthy Bostonian whose husband is murdered on their journey west. So they're they're they're, they're kind of breaking history again, where it's like, okay, well, there's this woman, you know, who, whose husband got murdered, and now she's going to be wealthy out on the, you know, whatever, you know. I, I just I don't I don't necessarily 
I don't understand why the CW has to CW things up quite so much. <laughs> kind of like the idea for Gotham Knights. Uh, and especially that it comes from the writers, the writers of Batwomen, which yes. is, is yes. legitimately it- a bad, like, hold on. It is objectively a bad show. Um, there's no subjectivity to that. If you if you like Batwomen, I am really curious as to how often you beat yourself in the head with a hammer. <laughs> and if you do it for fun or because you like Batwomen, you feel compelled to do so. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a terrible, terribly written show. You know, we like stuff that is terrible. We Dude, I understand. I that. like horrible stuff all the time. Hudson yeah. Hawk is one of my favorite movies, and it is objectively <laughs> bad. Like, there's no subjectivity to the fact that they have a bunch of CIA agents that were named after venereal diseases, and then we're super excited when they got named after candy bars. Um, <laughs> so you know, and and you know, uh, Hudson Hawk doesn't use a watch. He sings songs. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't get it. Um, so yeah, here following the murder of Bruce Wayne, again, you know, f- fucking DC Comics and and their their need to tear down their their main characters. I I, I fully expect expect Clark to die at some point this season in uh in Soups and Lolo. Anyway, following the murder of Bruce Wayne, his rebellious adopted son forms an alliance with the children of Batman's enemies. When they're all framed for killing the caped crusader, with Gotham as dangerous as it's ever been, the group of fugitives could be the city's next saviors. Okay, who is his rebellious son that they're talking about? Is yes. it Jason Todd? Is it Dick Grayson? Is it Damien? Is it Damien? Is, is it Tim Drake? Is it is it Duke Thomas? Um is it Carrie What's Her Fuck from The Dark Knight Rises? Who knows? It's certainly not Stephanie Brown because she's all woman. Anyway, uh, yeah. In the fact that they're they're doing this and they're not tying it in a fucking game, it's like come on. Like the game looks cool as shit, even though there are concerns about it. Right? The fight mechanics right. look like they're going to be awesome. <laughs> Actually, the gameplay looks like it's going to be good enough to make up for a bad story. In in my right. opinion. From everything I've seen, this is a day one game for me. Which yeah, it, there's not that. How often do I say this is a day one game? Right. And when you said that it was because when you sent me before you sent me this article, you took you were reading it uh, part of it, and the fact that it's not connected to in any way, shape, or form to the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it could be just like tangentially connected, but this is like. Batwoman writers notwithstanding, which is a huge, huge, gigantic red flag. And I actually had to reread the whole Batman's enemies thing, teaming yeah. up with Batman's enemies. I had to read it like twice just to make sure I was getting this right. So yeah, I, I'm assuming this is gonna be Dick Grayson. I just am assuming, but like you can't you can't get him more wrong than Titans has. <laughs> But I think CW's like, here, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. So then the next one is uh, Zorro, 
Uh, the CW is going outside its usual development playbook by ordering six additional scripts. So not just the pilot, but six additional scripts. Though no decision has been made yet uh, that the extra teleplays could pave the way for a script-to-series order. Script-to-series order means they haven't shot anything. They just buy it based on the scripts. Um, so, you know, it's uh, we'll see. But here's the fun thing about it. The CBS Studios drama centers around a young Latinx. Is that how you say it? Latinx? Latinx? I don't know. Uh, let's just go with Spanish. A young Latino woman uh, seeking vengeance for her father's murder. She joins a secret society and adopts the outlaw persona Zorro. The show is one of two Zorro projects in development. Wilder Valderrama is set to star in a telenueva style version of the story for Disney branded television. Uh, it's Sean Toretta, Robert Rodriguez, his wife Rebecca are writing the CW's version. Rebecca Rodriguez is also set to direct. Isn't nepotism great? Uh, they executive produce with Ben Silverman, Rodney Farrell, and Howard T. Owens of Propagate, Jeff Clark, Eric Bloomberg, uh, Bromberg, Zora Reitzholder, and John Gertz and Jay Weissletter. Uh, okay, so this is not the only gender-bent public IP superhero or hero show that's coming out. They are doing another version of Robin Hood. Did you hear about this? I did not. So it is Robin, female, Hood, and her name is not Hood. It's, you know, it, they... It's in modern times. It's in a projects. It's you know a woman of uh, a POC uh, or WOC, I guess would be uh. a woman of color who is going to uh, you know fight the patri patriarchy and she's in a band called the Hood and they live in Nottingham Estates or something is the name of the projects that they live in and just sounds really fucking dumb. I I I lost focus like within that first sentence that you started talking about that because it sounds so bad. Yeah. I, that, that sounds like something that should be on the CW. Uh, it sounds like something that should just never be made. <clears throat> yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff on CW should never be made. Let's be honest, but I did not hear of that. And just, I, it's not surprising. I mean, it hasn't been surprising for a while, the lack of creativity from these Hollywood types, the way, again, the way we show that we're tired of this is not watch, not even tune in in any way, shape or form, because even then they keep trying to make it make these. Oh, yeah. It's and stupid. They... Like, if you want to watch this. Like you're probably watching the Olympics, which nobody should be watching the Olympics right now either. Everyone no, should be I'm not watching a second of it. No, I actually got in a fight with you know who last night because they were watching the Olympics. And I was like, "What are you doing?" Anyway, um, yeah. So th this this CW nonsense, and we've been going on about this for like 12 minutes now. So let's let's move on to Gran Turismo. But like this is nonsense. All of this is nonsense. Not one of these pilots is a good idea. Make something original. Quit with the superhero stuff. Go back to making like some cool like Veronica Mars esque shit. Yes. Absolutely. That's, that's you know, Nancy Drew could have been really good. They could do a Hardy Boys thing, which I think that's on Hulu. But I, um yeah. you know, do 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 more mysteries. Do do some kind of 
ghost hunters type thing that's not supernatural, but like, you know, like kind of like a comedy thing. Go go do just do maybe do an actual comedy that's funny. You know? Do a musical. <laughs> do a musical uh series. That could be fun too. Cop rock. <laughs> yeah. Like uh that stupid Zoe and her extraordinary playlist. That was actually a fun show for two seasons. Yeah, I like that show. So I was yeah, bummed that, that was, it got that canceled. Was... Especially because yeah, it was... ended on a yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so just CW do better. All right, Grand Tree is my seven. Go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so this is from what, HyperX Gaming, which I've never come across that before. But so it's been you nearly. Sent, you nine... sent this link to me. I'm like, is this is this spam? Is this is this a virus <laughs> for my computer? <laughs> like I opened it in like a like a secure browser. <laughs> you know, it was from my kind of. You know how you have the Google options to look at stuff on your phone. That's where yeah. I got it from. Okay. It was it was the Google article. Ah. So anyway, almost it's almost been a decade since the last new real new Gran Turismo game came out on the PS3. Which Gran Turismo game? The PS3. Shit. Yes, yes, they 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 are. So we have a, a month from today, March fourth. March fourth. For you, PS4 and PS5 owners. Sorry, Xbox. Sorry, PC. I'm not. Uh, I'm PS4, not or PS5 sorry, owners. Xbox or PC like owners. One PC people get all sorts of cool games that we don't get, especially as a Mac yeah, user. This is true. And uh, as far as Xbox, it's Microsoft. Go fuck yourself. Yes. <laughs> so Plain again, this article talks about. Yeah. So this article is a series <laughs> 25th anniversary approaches. Ooh. The excitement engine has been humming away. Uh, like that. Some of that right there. In the background, you know, uh, they talked. They had the first in-depth look, the state of play. It was about a thirty-minute, thirty-minute uh, session on YouTube. You can check it out. If you're a fan of racing games, you you need to check this out. It, it's thirty minutes, and it just goes through some of the stuff that you're going to see. First of all, the visuals mm-hmm. in this game. Wow. Uh, even though it's going to be on the PS4, I am really looking forward to seeing what uh, what the ps5 can do with this uh, you have over 400 types of cars from i mean old school cars to some of the new cars you have used cars that you can get uh one of the things the big things that they talked about in this state of play was the insane real insanely realistic weather system now this is one of those things that you know rain and all that not just the rain and how it affects the track which that'll probably be the biggest thing as far as performance but it's weather systems are being modeled to accurately represent the regions of the world for each track those changes will impact visual effects like stars and planets in the night sky above but also factor in traction slipstream effect and car performance that's awesome (laughs) and speaking of car performance one of the things that Gran Turismo games have always been about is car customizations. And with that, what you're going to have is over 650 aerodynamic parts that you can mix and match, 130 different types of wheel designs, 1,200 different types of color measurements. And then you, you put all those together, it's like several thousand uh, customization parts. Like you can do r- wide body mod modifications, roll cages. But one thing that you can do that you weren't able to really do in the last Gran Turismo games is add stickers. And one of the things they, they had, one of the, it looked, you think about, you know, NASCAR and how they have 
you know, the sponsorships all over the cars. That's an example of how you can, you know, kit out your car with, you know, all these stickers. It's Mm -hmm. the customization. It's one of those things that for a simulation fan, that, that can keep you busy for just, it's, it's kind of almost, almost like it's unlimited amount of time that you can put into customizing your cars, yeah. however many cars you have in your garage. One of the things I do want to talk about is when I said the, when they mentioned the different types of cars that you can get over 400, they actually have a used car lot where the prices of the cars and the uh, catalog of cars changes on a daily basis. Oh, that's cool. So that's another, yeah, that's another really cool thing uh, added into it. There is, there are going to be, uh, there are 34 tracks and some of these tracks are real life tracks and it's to scale. And what that means, if it takes uh, two minutes, six seconds of this car getting around the track in real life, it should take the same amount of time in Gran Turismo 7, That's which really is another cool. great thing. I hope I can buy a 2017 Honda Civic and make it gunmetal gray. <laughs> uh, I Dude, that's probably my my Xterra was gunmetal. Yeah, I love that color. Dude, I miss uh, they your Xterra. Did... Your Xterra was fun. I do, so. dude. Every time I I go through go past an Xterra, I just go. That's how I get with elements. Was, oh, dude, I wonder if there's an <laughs> element that would be great if I could race an element oh. so slow. I don't know if I, I have not seen the I, I don't full see any list SUVs. of cars yet. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be. They did also say there are, there are going to be more tracks and cars added throughout the life of the game. Cool. They didn't say if that was going to be free DLC. I, I'm I'm thinking it is. I I, I don't think they're going to do the microtransaction. At least that's I haven't seen. Yeah. Anywhere where they mention that it's not EA. So. No. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, this thing called uh, the so their photo mode is called Scapes. And there, you can put your car in over 2,500 locations. And again, this, just looking at the graphics of this game and the visuals, and not not just the graphics of the cars, but just the surrounding area, the tracks, the you know, the sky, the weather systems. This game is. I mean, I already have two games that are going to come out this month, and then I have this. Uh, the one thing I'd like about a Gran Turismo game, though, or a game like this simulation is. I can pick it up and play it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes here and there and not have to worry about story or watching character development and stuff like that. Because with Horizon Forbidden West coming on the 18th and then Elden Ring coming on the 25th, that's enough for story and character there. This is one of those where you can just get lost in just building, Mm -hmm. building your car, building out your garage, you know, taking a few laps around the track. Uh, a couple other things it does they did mention is a virtual museum, which is basically the history of vehicular travel. You know, they have like in the in this article they actually show a picture of what is it called? It uh, like the 1886 the Benz Patent Motor Wagon, and then they have some other motor wagons back from the late 1800s, early 1900s as well. So it's good. It's this is not just a fun simulation, but it's almost like an homage to, you know, the automobile mm-hmm. and more than anything, this is seems to be as complete of a race driving simulation as you can get with, with the, I mean, you also have trials. There's things like, and you might like this, Brian, like there, there are drifting trials that you can do. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
I, the, that was one of the things they showcased in the uh, state of play that looks really sweet. So they do have some of these rally type cars. They have uh, also that what they call a literal car cafe, which it just shows all, you know, not only does it show the cars, but it shows challenges. So you'll have challenges to get, say, maybe a classic body mod, nice. uh, you know, maybe a, you know, of, a, of an Impala or something like that. I don't, again, I don't know all the cars, but this example is a Corvette Stingray. So there's, seems like there's going to be a ton of stuff, maybe more than any other racing simulation game that we've had to date. Yeah. And, and, and I do want to emphasize that simulation thing because you have games like Need for Speed, which are fun. Yeah. And it's about, you know, and again, I, I, they do have, like I said, they do have those drift challenges and other challenges that you know they haven't mentioned yet so there i think it's going to be a nice it's going to be one of those games that for the simulation fans it, this is a, like you said uh with gotham knights this is a day one buy for fans of auto racing or cars in general it's a day one buy oh yeah for people who are looking for maybe more of a fun game as fun racing game a little you know a little bit less realistic i still think there's enough in here that when they when you see all the options, you'll still be wanting to buy this. Right. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't bought, I, I think I actually, Gran Turismo 6 was the last, was the last racing game that I actually played with any consistency in the last 10 years. And that's been, it's probably been six, seven years since I really played that. Mine was NASCAR 05 on the PS2. <laughs> Oh, I remember that. I remember no, those kidding. NASCAR I played other games. racing games, but that NASCAR 05 was yeah. amazing. Um, I, I remember those. Like I, I would racing. literally just sit there and play for like five hours because it was like a real like you know <laughs> they did the same thing with the with the scale. Um, yeah, no, this is this is a this is a cool ass game. I think it, it's um, the pictures look good. The gameplay looks good. The like everything that they have that they're adding to it and and changing and kind of making it more real worldly like you know it'd be funny is if they just followed like the inflation chain so like used cars are like completely out of like whack well one yeah one of the things they did say and, I, and i'll read this from the uh article itself uh where is it at where it was talking about oh the used car dealership allows you to snag older models as a discount price mm -hmm. a discount that is provided the car hasn't become a prize collectible yeah Cars that are worth more as dated models in real life will be reflected here. So that is actually a part of the game. And you'll well, see. I had to look up um, <laughs> the like value of our cars today. And my mm -hmm. car is worth more than I paid for it. <laughs> After a year. <laughs> I, it'll be, it'll be a crazy. year in, in about a month that I've had it. And yeah, it's pretty funny. So again, like, we, like I mentioned, this month is going to be great for you know gamers because today I think it was today that uh, martial arts game Sifu came out uh, on the PS4 and PS5. I'm not sure if it's an Xbox game or what not. Is, what, I think it might be PlayStation wait, specific. What is what is Sifu? Uh, well, after after our podcast, I'll, I'll you'll have to Did check out the video it? see if you like that. No, I didn't. I I I just thought about it just now that uh, and I. I think it's more of a discounted game, so I think it might be like a forty dollar game. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, that came out it today. Forty four ninety nine if you have <laughs> PS Plus. 
You know what I so, would like I, them to make a game of is that show Warrior, where you can be a Psalm and you just go around and kick people's ass, and then go back to the whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Rated anyway, mature, just like Grand Rated Theft, just like just like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right, yeah, dude, Grand Grand Turismo Seven must buy. Um, all right, let's move on to Soups and Lois this week. Um, man, this show is so incredibly consistent. Yeah. I, I just, like, uh, what was it? You said episode, <clears throat> two, you, you called episode two the worst episode of the series. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a, yeah. And, and the funny thing is for most, many shows, I won't say, especially CW shows, that would be one of the better episodes. Well, no. That would probably be one of the best episodes right. in a series catalog. When you're talking about well, when you're talking about superhero shows on mm-hmm. CW, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, this was a good one. Um, you, you, we, we learned uh, more about Allie Alston. Um, in her her uh, uh what's his name? Uh, Ian McShane's character in John Wick. Winston, his, his, her little Winston move in the diner. <laughs> yeah, um, with with her her associates, if you will, cultists, some may say. Uh, <laughs> but no, this uh, it, it was it was really really good uh, to see what happened there because it picked up right where it left. Well, actually, it picked up five years prior with Lucy moving out of uh, Clark and Lois's apartment, um, arguing with Lois how like but you're so perfect it's i'm not perfect no you're perfect yes you are i'm not i swear but you are um, <laughs> their chemistry is uh i'm gonna say the chemistry between the actress who plays lucy and bitsy turlock is suspect at best um oh yeah. i i it, it is not i i'm not putting that on the shoulders of bitsy turlock i am i'm, I'm putting that squarely on the way Lucy was portrayed. Yeah. I, I wasn't a real fan. And again, I think part of it is you're not supposed to like her. I, yeah. I don't remember where they left off with her character. Well, I wouldn't have known because I didn't watch it, but uh, when she was in Supergirl. Yeah. But. Well, I'm going to be honest. I am not a huge uh, Jenna Dwayne fan um i mean in the first place other yeah other than this and step up i know she's been in other stuff don't get me wrong i uh, yeah, just I mean, can't she think was, of it she was in waterborne uh the grudge to step up uh the jerk theory american virgin uh slightly single in la the wedding year and then she's done a bunch of tv um she's in the rookie uh actually she's still on the rookie with uh nathan Fillion and oh, I'd stop watching that show. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, she was on bad. Supergirl. She did lip sync battle. You know, uh, she's like I know her as Channing Tatum's ex-wife, right? Um, right. I'm just not a huge fan of hers. Um, and in her, and I'm not not even to say like I mean she's super. I mean she's super attractive, and you know she's I'm I'm sure she's good in other things. Just I haven't liked what she brings to, you know. Uh, 
most of the things that I've seen her in. And and to be fair, it's not a lot. I have not seen a lot of the things she's been in. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. And like I said, uh, you're not supposed to like her. Like it's because one of the things, uh, and this is kind of one of the questions that I was asking myself while I was watching this is, yes, you love this person. You know, you would do anything for this person. How far is it will you go to disrupt your life for this person when they clearly do not want you? Because sometimes you, as painful as it is, as much as you may disagree with it, there are times you just have to let someone make their own decisions and get in their own mess and then know, know that you're there for them. But Lois can't, Lois is, I don't think Lois is capable of doing that. Right. And I, I do like where we see, you know, that Lois, we actually do see that she's not capable of just, you know, not, I don't say let go. Well, yeah, it would be letting go and saying, look, this is what I think. This is why I did what I did, but you right. are your own person and you're going to have to, I'm just going to have to let you make what I believe is a mistake. Right. And just know that I love you and I'll be here if you need me, but I'm not going to be in. Cause that there, there are seriously points in people's in all our lives where we have someone where we need to decide, are we going to keep disrupting our lives to try to help this person that clearly doesn't want to be helped. Right. Or just say, Hey, you go and fly. And what happens happens just as long as you're okay with taking responsibility for what happens, but I can't keep to you to disrupt my life for you. I can't keep continue to have this poison in my life because I love you. And because I want you to do well. And we see because it affects it, it. I mean, there, it could be a huge potential on Lois's credibility as a reporter when it, you know, if somebody finds out that she did not tell the whole story and purposefully did not tell the whole story because she had an agenda mm -hmm. to see Allie Alston, you know, pay for what she had done. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, and Allie Alston is played by Raya. Ooh, uh, Clinchstead, um, who is in Home Alone 3. Do you remember that one? Um, <laughs> no. So let's see. Uh, movies, there's nothing really like uh, that sticks out. But she was in, I mean, she's done a ton of TV. Um, she was on Grey's Anatomy for, it looks like, an episode. She was on Yellowstone. Uh, she was on the reboot of Charmed. Uh, she was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, I mean, she's got, oh, gosh, she was on Heroes Reborn as a series. Oh, yeah, she was a series, right? Oh. Right. She did a couple episodes of Masters of Sex. You know, I mean, she's done. She's 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 been working. I mean, she was in Sequest DSV. So, like, that's how far back she goes. Wow. She's, yeah, she's got a, a lot of TV acting credits on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, and, and, again, she was on Nashville <laughs> for eight episodes. Um, you know, and, and, and so this is a, this is a new kind of foil that we've seen for Lois on, on like television. Oh, she was on, that's right. She was on Dexter. I forgot about that. Anyway. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I mean, she, she, she's like, Allie is a different kind of foil for Lois. Someone who's not taken in by the cult of Lois. Like Chrissy was. Yeah. 
Which um, I find it interesting, Chrissy's response with um, not necessarily that she caught. Like, I just want to know what Chrissy's motivations are for wanting the whole story. Because it, I, I admit, when I first saw, watched this, mm-hmm. I thought Chrissy was falling under the the sphere of influence of Allie. But then watching it again, the the other side of it is maybe Chrissy is doing what she should do as a reporter and trying to get both sides of this story. I'm not sure yet which one it is. <clears throat> but I just thought, I just, that, the, there's some very interesting things, developments going on with Lois's story arc. And like I said earlier, the potential of really damaging her credibility if the truth gets out of how she hid portions yeah. of the story right. of Ali Austin and the cult yeah. because of trying to protect her sister. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and how, uh, you know, and this is, that was like the whole beginning of the episode. We had the whole thing with uh, Kyle and Lana about um, the quinceanera. Uh, Emily from season one, Emily fan warned Lana that the mayor was looking to dig things up. Uh, we also learned that Kyle is a cheating whore, um, which yeah. kind of made me sad that they did that. That, that, that really made me sad. You know, I, actually, it's like, you know, like why? Come on, come on. Season because season come on. Yeah. Because on. again, we have, we have been praising this show on how they didn't take what I would call the easy CW way out for the, a lot of the drama, the shortcuts, if you will. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The shortcuts to create, like, you know, they call when they in wrestling, they say cheap heat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To cheap drama. And it seems like that's exactly what they did with this Kyle situation. A situation that it doesn't need this. Yeah. Because like, we look, knew Kyle we is a, recovering. We knew he had a drinking problem, right? And, right. And they've, right. Like, they've like dialed it up to 11. Like, oh, he was the town drunk now. It's like, was he? Like, cause we, we never, never we never saw any of that. We saw that maybe yeah. he had one or two too many a couple times and, you know, obviously a lot happened. Like we haven't seen Kyle Cushing's whole life. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I, again, though, you got it. Eric Valdez, man, just like killing it with the contriteness and, and all of that. And the scene where the bartender puts her hand on his hand and, and the way he pulled it back, like, you know, that was, that was just a really interesting character moment. Cause it's like, okay, like how, how bad off was he? You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, there's that, there's that added drama, and I, I think they made the best of it. Uh, also, like the whole thing about going after, uh, like they thought the the guy was going after, um, what's her name, uh, Sarah. Oh, and, Sarah. Yeah. yeah, and it turns out that that wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and that was kind of like the the C story this week, right? Right. Yeah. Um, La- Lucy and 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 uh, Lois was the B story, and then the A story was really really interesting. And then there was a D story that like kind of goes unnoticed, but we'll talk about that in a second. Is you had a, uh, y- you know the the whole Bizarro thing, and Bizarro shows up on the Kent farm, which was really cool, watching the way they were fighting and things like that. Um, I love when John Henry called for the hammer and the AI is like without the gauntlet, but you don't have yeah. the glove. And he's like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> um, but that was really cool. And then we got to see a closer up look of his necklace, which I am assuming again, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a bold proclamation here. 
it has something to do with the Phantom Zone. That's what I'm thinking as well. I'm not 100% sure, but that I think that's a a pretty fair guesstimate that we're doing here. I'm going to bet your life that it has something to do with the Phantom. Why are you always betting my life? Jeez. Because I like living. Living's fun. <laughs> Jeez, you're, man. you're always complaining. Oh, Michigan this. Oh, the Bengals <laughs> that. Oh, the Reds this. Um, yeah. So. Um, and Tag took off with the... Oh, oh. so they fi- they end up in um, Antarctica. And uh, Lieutenant Anderson sends uh no, that was uh, no wasn't that Brazil? no not brazil that was somewhere in south america i thought they were in antarctica no it was somewhere in south america and i was because i was looking at it and i'm because it said where it was i can't remember oh, and then it I'm was thinking, uh, are these... at salar day uni let's just go with that uh in yeah. in bizarro quickly dispatches the the girl and the black guy <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, well, I mean, the diversity Superman squad was not up to the task. I mean, even Tag got hurt a little bit, um, but he yeah. escaped with the. He necklace. got a heart punch. Yeah, right. It's a good thing he's a he's a speedster, but yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I I did like watching you know Bizarro's heat breath. Yeah, and. I like how they did these fights, uh, you know, Clark or Soups versus Bizarro, and they were just like quick fights because when he was on the farm, yeah, you know, John Henry comes in and interrupts, and then he's just like Bizarro's just like frustrated and just leaves. Yeah, and then once Clark like uppercuts him in the space, he you know he never comes back. Right. So, uh, but we do have to talk about you know speaking of John Henry, which again. Love Wole Parks in this role. It's it's a shame how Bizarro fucked poor John Henry up. Um. Yeah, and I mean, I mean he John Henry. There was the, the uh, unfortunately the unfortunate trifecta: hammer gone, suit depowered, and you are in a metal. The hammer coma. shattered. It was such yeah. a cool effect too. And okay, so I'm really glad they didn't do the Smallville thing with that because. Anytime one of those weapons hit, like Clark or another super, like uh, indestructible super, it hit and it was this like slow motion, like collapsing into the chest and then blowing out. And then once it got to yeah. like a certain radius, it sped up. This just like shattered immediately. Like it, it took a second. You you could miss it if you weren't paying close enough attention. That was yeah. the cool thing about it. And I also love the way he threw it too. Like oh, yeah. just the whole body mechanics of so. it. Uh, I the whole body mechanics of the steel suit this season has been really cool. From last week when he jumped into the suit, um, to how he was dealing with like the low power and and you know no shields and that sort of thing was really good. Um, and like just like I don't think we we talk enough about how good Tyler Hawkland is as as Superman. We I mean we both really like him as Dad in this, but like yeah. as Superman, um. He's re- he's a really good Superman. I I, I do enjoy yeah. his portrayal of the Man of Steel. And what makes it all the more impressive is that like five four, he he does cast a large shadow. <laughs> so I'm gonna meet him things... one day, and he's gonna be like, you know, maybe just like two inches shorter than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so your that point about him being Superman, he embodies the character of Superman, especially when. 
Natalie comes to see, you know, that her dad's in a hospital and she says, you're Superman. Why couldn't you stop this? And the look on his face, like just all that guilt of, you know, because again, we always see the hero and we almost always see the hero save. But the, uh, the, the times when the hero, it doesn't get there in time or is not quick enough or whatever. That was that look he gave her or he had when he just it was just like the world was on his shoulders. Like I'm Superman and I couldn't help my friend. And that's that was a great point, what you said, like as far as him. I love him. I just love him as, you know, geek dad. But he's a great Superman, too. And I think, like you said, it's we sometimes overlook that part because he's such a great dad that, you know, we really haven't seen, uh, you know, as far as Clark Kent. He's so great in that role that it sometimes overshadows how good he plays this, this, you know, the titular role of Superman. Right. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah. And then, so the D story that kind of went like under the radar, you had Jordan asking Sam Lane to train him, which yes, I, I really, really liked. Um, and, and, you know, because Jordan stopped a crime, got caught on film, had Sam, <laughs> you know, do his DOD thing to erase the tape from wherever, from his phone. It's like, it's um, like playing, it's easier than Candy Crush. Right? Oh, yeah. That was I a love great that. Line. That was a great line. Um, and then Jonathan Kent, Hophead. Uh, <laughs> so I will yeah, say, yeah. I did like that he got the vision <laughs> power. Yes. And not strength. That was cool. And like learning the X kryptonite kind of affects it. And we knew it affected everybody differently. Um, but I, I was really disappointed that he did that. Yeah. And if you're if you're with someone who's like, hey, you know what? Take this illicit substance because you probably shouldn't be with that person. That's no. just because like like her reaction where it's like, hey, we uh, what's his name? Bought like five like vapes or whatever. Right. So if you're not going to use it, I will say this. Uh, the, and not just for this, uh, it's for Jonathan. So that scene between Jonathan and Natalie, yeah, like when they're walking home from school, that was not in the uh, broadcast version of the show. Okay. So I know the last couple of weeks it's been they really haven't added anything. Hmm. That was that whole scene was taken out, okay. and I really like that yeah, scene. Yeah, that was of, a really good not scene. Not just the so. not just the bird, you know, <laughs> looking at the bird and. See, yeah. it was like so far away, but just their conversation. I really like the conversations those two have, mm-hmm. like not just to, to the, uh, not just this week, but just in general. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the, the, how they, how those two actors Dude, uh, play off so one another. going to hook up with his sister from another dimension. I kind of think so too. Or his half sister, you know, and then, then it's going to be like, I, not... oh, they, they are on a farm too. And it's like, <laughs> oh man, come on. Don't do this. Don't do this to us, CW. Don't do this to us, farm folk. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I think that was yeah. an important scene between them. And yeah, why and that's not on the broadcast out version of, is stupid. Yeah, it's um, stupid. All right. So because I love talking about ratings, um, just as a reminder, the first episode, 1.09 million. The second episode, 1.12 million. Third episode, 1.9 or I'm sorry, 0.90 million. The, this week, 0.78 million. Oh, geez. It's so disappointing that, that, that people, yeah. people aren't watching this. All right. Um, real quick, out of five, culty, cult, e, culty. I said it right. Culty? Culty. Sisters. Uh, can you say that again? Culty. <laughs> you fucking cult. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right, guy Richie. I didn't say it. <laughs> Do not say the word. <laughs> anyway, all right. Out of five culty sisters, what do you give this episode? One of the things you said is uh, that this show is just remains consistent, and I will be consistent with my rating. I did like last week's a little bit more. I will give this a four out of five. Another, just another strong performance. Uh, the lowest story where I wasn't hugely enamored for the last couple of weeks. I like how it's picking up and just the, the questions it's making me ask, not just about Lois, but just about her situation as a whole. Uh, we love, you know, the love, the whole Clark and his son and his, his sons uh, just, this is just such a, just a strong, consistent show. It sucks that it's going to be for, for the dumb Olympics. It's going to be down for two weeks. It's not going to be back till yeah, February 22nd. Don't, don't watch the Olympics. Just watch the repeats of this. On just the watch CW repeats apps. of this. Yeah. On the CW app. Yeah, just watch absolutely. the repeats. Um, <laughs> fuck the Olympics. All right. I went 4.25. Oh, nice. I, I, I did. I did four and a quarter um, because I liked it. I thought it was good. It was fun. I watched it twice. Yes. So, and I watched like I don't three, normally, three or four I, reactions as yeah, well. I didn't watch any reactions, so. but I, I do not normally watch shows twice. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I've actually stopped watch listening to other podcasts and watching reactions to the things we talk about mm-hmm. altogether, even after the fact, after we review them. Oh, okay. Really? So, interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. All right. Um, man, we only got 10 minutes left if we want to stay on track. Um, Mandalorian season three, episode two. Go. From the desert comes a stranger. Actually, here we'll. Uh, I tried to read that in. Let's rate this real quick. Yeah. So before we okay. do this, okay. So out of five missing toothpicks, what do you give this? <laughs> I give it uh, again another four. Uh, this is, I mean, it, this is not Bubba, Book of Boba Fett. This is Mandalorian season three. We know it. Yeah. This. I don't this care. Is, this is because I'm having season all... three, episode two. Um, but guess what? I don't care because I'm having a ton of fun with these last two episodes. Absolutely. It's um, this is reminding me of episode. what Star Wars. Yes. So uh, I went six out of five. So what do you give it? Ooh, wow. I love this episode. I've watched this episode three times. Um, one, it's got uh, Raylan Givens in it. Space Marshal Raylan Givens. Yes. Otherwise known as Cobb Van. Cobb. Uh, we got a really great deep fake for Luke. Uh, he took a stroll through the woods with Grogu and it was just kind of force nudging him along, which was equal parts amazing and patronizing all at the same time. We had, uh, we had my boy, my boy was in there, made, uh, made Den wait, um, had the, had the little droids build him a bench and, uh, we, we had Ahsoka. It, like what more can we ask for? We we got we got to see Luke in full on like training mode. Um so with the end of season two, when we saw Luke, a lot of us were like, Oh, this is the fully realized Luke Skywalker that we've been waiting for. He is not yet a fully realized Luke Skywalker that we've been waiting for. He still has doubt. He still is not sure that he's on the right path. Um Ahsoka, her line, I'm a friend of the family, was really, really good. And then when she she talks to Luke about how he reminded her of Anakin, um, I'm not going to say it got dusty in my house. <laughs> uh, 
it also is uh, ironic that the Clone Wars Anakin pop that I ordered from Entertainment Earth in 2019 came this week. Um, so, yeah, just three years late. <laughs> I completely wow. forgot I pre-ordered it, too. Um, anyway, yeah, it was... Uh, it was good. It was. It was. This was really good, um, and even with the uh, the Boba Fett stuff, it moves stuff along with the with the Pikes and wanting to take over Tatooine. Um, I really liked when uh, Cobb was protecting Freetown, formerly known as Mos Pel- uh, Mos Pelgo, uh, and he just dumped the spice into the desert, um, which was yeah. funny because the his deputy was like. The marshal can't be bought, and and and, and Tim Timmy, uh, as I like to call him, Timmy, looked at him and was like, "No, <laughs> I can totally be bought, dude. Just shut up." Um, <laughs> but more, most importantly, we got the greatest gunslinger moment in all of live action Star Wars with Cobb Bane just wandering in out of the desert on foot, looking badass. Okay. Yes. Fingers like blue hot dogs. Like it was just so, <laughs> so awesome to see. Um, you guys all remember Matt Mitchell. He's been on the show a few times. Uh, he drew uh for Inktober a Cobb Vanth and he gave it to me. That was uh his his uh his gift to me from Inktober, which made me happy and and you know, uh yeah. I like I love so- this episode. I love it, I love it. Like this, this is okay. to me my favorite episode of The Mandalorian. I would, I was gonna say this more than even last week's episode. Even though I like last week's episode a little bit more because some of the Jedi stuff, or not Jedi stuff, but dark saber stuff. Mm-hmm. But this was more of a Mandalorian episode than even last week because it had it held more of that Western vibe that we got from The Mandalorian from the start. Not just the music, but right. then you have, you know, again, you you have the think about the camera angles as far as when it uh Cod uh uh Cobb Vanth uh comes across the pikes and, and you the camera angle shows them and it shows it just shows him and his holster and his weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh or and then you have uh Cad Bane coming out of the desert mm-hmm. and you know that slow walk and just just the back and forth camera panning or the the way they did that. And again, it, I'm a huge it, Western fan. It, it was, I'm a it huge very, Western fan. It was very much the... Yes. And that's one of the things that got me, even though it was not, you know, it wasn't perfect, obviously, but one of the things I loved so much about The Mandalorian, it had that spaghetti Western Sergio mm-hmm. Leone feel in yep. a lot of the episodes. Oh, and it, this it, it still had the Carousel with Seven perfect. Samurai stuff to it. Yeah, no, yes. this is... Yeah. This is really good. And, and uh, you know, as much as we rag on him, Dave Filoni is still the Padawan apparent um, to George. But, you know, it, it was just it was it was just really, 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 really good. Um, you know, and then you had Luke kind of being a dick at the end. Um, and, and interesting thing, Filoni bo- broke canon here with uh, Yoda's lightsaber, because in the comics, which are supposed to be canon, Yoda's lightsaber was thrown into a uh, um, what incinerator with a bunch of other Jedi lightsabers. So this was really interesting to see, and for him to actually call out Yoda, call out Yoda's lightsaber to Grogu. Um, I liked how he he talked to him in the riddle, uh, the riddle cadence. 
of Yoda and he's yeah. like that's the question we're all wondering is that how Grogu is going to talk or was was Yoda just like trolling everybody um <laughs> I like to believe Yoda was trolling everybody I was but about to say I think Yoda was a troll we learned what what was in the the Yoda shaped satchel that that Den left um it was it was Beskar chainmail and and Luke gave him the choice. You you can choose the chainmail and be protected from lightsabers, or you can take the lightsaber and and you know burn your thigh like your dad, uh, adopted dad. <laughs> so I like I'm like, dude, you want to protect this little guy? Like, give him the lightsaber and be like, oh yeah, by the way, your your adopted dad dropped this off for you because um, he missed you while you were at summer camp. So the thing when I I was I've been thinking about that scene because I you know the first thing I thought was dude didn't you just he just had memories of Jedi that if they had some type of Beskar chainmail on they probably would have been able to you know take out those the troopers but I, I I'm wondering if this is truly a test in the sense of hey if you pick this chainmail you know I'm gonna kick you off this planet. Or he has to, if he does choose that or one or the other, he, Luke can recalibrate the way he trains him. I'm, because what, again, one of the things, as much as we love Star as much as I love Star Wars and Jedi, you know, and, and again, this is in canon or the EU's, the Jedi's philosophy, while strong, is not infallible. It, it's, it's, it can be imperfect. And it kind of reminded me of another show that we've been watching or, or we watched a couple months ago, and that's Cobra Kai, where you had Daniel always saying, hey, Miyagi-Do's the way to go. Miyagi-Do's the way to go. Miyagi he said that on nauseum. And it's not until the end where he sees, well, maybe a combination of styles is the best right. for this particular mm -hmm. uh martial artist, so, whether it be my daughter or someone else. So he, And I'm hoping... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, and I and I, I just kind of I, and and I've had that going back and forth, wondering that about Luke. But also, if we're taking in the Disney trilogy, mm -hmm. if you want to go that direction, which I mean, if you want to try to keep stuff canon, Luke did not learn that lesson yet. Right. Okay. So um, here, here's the thing: is to to your point about that, uh, Luke unlocked Grogu's memories. So we got to see uh, Order 66 through Goku's eyes. Uh, the other thing is, as far as the Jar Jar Abrams sequel trilogy goes, um, Ben Solo was Luke Skywalker's first student. So yeah, here's the thing. <clears throat> We've heard a lot about the, oh, they're going to erase the sequel trilogy. The second Grogu picks up that lightsaber next week, and I actually think they should wait until season three, the actual season three proper of the I, Mandalorian. Yeah, I think. I, I think. I think I, they should. I, yes. I think the the final episode should just be the you know, whatever with the Pikes. Um, but the second Grogu picks that up, like, it's a fractured alternate reality, and and the the sequel trilogy becomes non-canon. Um, and I'm fine with that. Actually. I'm a hundred percent okay with that. Like it can be an Elseworlds story, and and that's all good. So. Yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. <clears throat> <sighs> 
it's such a good episode. Everyone should go watch it. So yeah, multiple times. So. I'm I'm kind of worried that yeah we're gonna get back to the basic Boba Fett next week. Um, well, they did blow up the mayor. Yeah, with the Camtano of C4. So <laughs> not the the Camtano of Beskar is much more preferable to the Camtano of of explosives. So yes, um, but yeah, all right, um, cool. That's it. That, uh, go watch it like I, the, like we've said yeah. we've said all that we can say about it <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it, it was uh, yeah it was so much fun and and i'll and i'll this is one thing i'll leave you with this is that i did and i i've seen a couple articles and and or videos talking about the quote-unquote member berries or, or nostalgia baiting that this episode and and in a way the last episode did Mm -hmm. more of this Mm -hmm. episode than any other Mm -hmm. and i say you know what if you do it right it's fine and i think the exact right right. fan servicing like yes throwing lando into the the rise of palpatine was not good fan service because it didn't make any sense this this everything that happened here made sense so yes and that's all we ask you know just be good be a good character driven story be good yes and that's that's what I'll leave you. That's what I was just going to leave it with. Awesome, 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 awesome. All right. Uh, on that note, if you guys like what we're doing, give us a five star review on iTunes and Podchaser. Just go to the website; it'll take you everywhere you need to go, uh, which is infamouspodcast.com. dot uh, com. Go like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Um, back us on Patreon for as little as three dollars a month. Um, and uh check us out on youtube we've got some exclusive stuff on youtube that's happening now more again uh, and yeah any last words d nope uh although i will say i will i will be doing doing something you know speaking of weekly things uh when horizon comes out in a couple of weeks um, i'm looking to do maybe uh one week with horizon forbidden west or something along those lines nice uh, i played uh, more zero dawn by the way which is a blast so oh that game is so much fun and And it's beautiful and when you get the story and like the story is good but then later on the story becomes great Mm -hmm. honestly it's amazing cool i can't so so all right well on that note thank you all for listening we will see you next time bye see you The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.